He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined by Aaron Larsoul, who might just sit there and chug for the whole show. Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> no idea what you would like to speak about on this fine-ish Thursday. I would say it's uh, it is certainly a Thursday. Weather's kind of gross where I'm at, and um, I'm going to start with these series, this series of comments here from YouTube. This is well done. Already? Yeah. Uh, a, a have you, you you've heard Hello Darkness, my old friend? Uh, that sounds like white people shit. Well, it it, it, it is. But all right, so it goes. Uh, it, Hello Darkness, my old friend. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I it's think I've heard. Yeah. With I, you again. Right. Yeah. So uh, here's how here's how this is going from Bebo Magic. Hello, Darwin, my old friend. It's time to say this. Don't pretend <laughs> the Lakers struggle. Need to mend in awkward silence. Fans suspend <laughs> whispers of a coaching woe. Is this a f- okay? In the Lakers game, it clearly shows. <laughs> Hello, Darwin. It's time to go. <laughs> Carlo, we're, we're considering Doc. It really blows. All Carlo right, here, yes. Yes, John, you're right. I'm going to need a lot of Hennessy. Carlo, cheers to you, everybody in the chat. Um, all right. Today on the show, I, I I just thought that was a really clever, fun few, uh, fun oh, few did you? <laughs> comments there from Biba. I, I, I don't know who Biba is. That was very well done. Um, so today on the show, we are going to be talking about the athletics reporting. Jovan Buha and Shams Karania of the athletic reporting today that apparently there is a bunch of uh, locker room strife, turmoil, unrest, unease, anxiety, whatever whatever term you want to use for it. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, none of what was reported today basically should really have taken you by surprise. This has been stuff that I've been talking about here for months. And I don't mean that as a shot, by the way, at, at The Athletic or Shams or at Yovan. They do fantastic jobs, obviously, on on their own, but you know, it this is this is not exactly shocking to me or to anybody who has taken my reporting anywhere near seriously over the last couple months. Um, most notably, last week when I wrote that Darvin Ham was the problem for uh, Substack, which you can find um, if you just subscribe to my Substack. But Aaron, before we even get to the to, to the specifics of the reporting. I've been sitting and thinking about this. To me, the fact that this got out there is the story. Not necessarily just the 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 specifics of it and why various guys are frustrated, not necessarily the six sources, which is a funny number to have seeing as six guys from last year's core who got minutes in last year's playoffs uh are returned or or did return for this season. Um, 
the fact that this is getting out there, the fact that I have been talking about it for as long as I have, the fact that it is now out there as clearly reported as it is now, that to me feels like a breakdown in communication between the coach and the player, right? Like normally if the, if the communication between coach and player is steady and consistent, normally the, the you know, those parties don't feel the need to go out there and talk publicly about whatever it is that they feel like they need to talk about internally. And the fact that this got out there right now, um, you know, given the way that the season has gone, given how stubborn Darwin has been to not go to the lineups that he went with uh, or that got to the Western Conference Finals last year, like all of this that has been bubbling and simmering and just kind of festering for the last month or so, um, it getting out now, to me, that feels way more notable than any of the details that we're going to talk about here in a second. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, look, if Jovan's really good and Shams is really good and they both have sources, as clearly do you, um, I don't think it's that notable that it got out for one specific reason. And you mentioned it. If they are to be believed and. There's no reason not to. Whether they're right or wrong isn't the point. The point is. I believe that they are correct in their reporting. I believe that they have been told these things, right? Whether it's whether the the content of the message is is accurate or not is a different question. But I believe in their reporting. Yeah, uh, I trust in their reporting. And so trusting in their reporting means that six people told them this. So if that many people are were willing to be sources and saying the same thing or versions of the same thing, then I don't think it's that surprising it got out because there were clearly a bunch of people that wanted to deliver that message or versions of that message. Or, yeah, I guess versions of that message is, is a fine way to put it. So I don't think it's that surprising it got out. If that many people want to say something, it's going to get out. And... You know, you know this because you have turned into, you know, NBA insider Anthony Irwin over the last couple months here. Um, I figured out who some of your, or at least one of your sources is. <laughs> I, uh, no, I figured it out. I've got it. It's Harrison? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, mm -hmm. Harrison wears the the newsboy hat. So, yes, the little the little chapeau. The, so he, 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 he seems like he operates in the shadows and could be a source on such things. But um, my point in saying that is like everybody has different people that they talk to. And so if Shams and Yovan have were able to coalesce six sources for, for this, um, you've you've been saying something, not this exactly, but you've been saying something similar to this um, for a while. And you probably have other people that you talk to other than those six people. I don't know who those six people that Yovan and right. And, and, and Dan has people that he talks to and BT has people that he talks to and McMiniman has people that he talks to. So if they got, if they got six people, that would make me guess that there's probably more people that are saying something similar because 
right? It's not the same six people that are talking to you and talking to uh, talking to them and talking to McMinniman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think it's that surprising that it got out um, because it would appear just based on the facts here that lots of people have been feeling some version of what was said. Yeah. So a quick look behind the curtain here, and I'm going to be careful not to um, put people in awkward situations, but when the reporting about Austin and, and Darwin went viral in the way that it did, um, mm -hmm. my, my phone was blowing up. And, you know, one of my constant refrains was like, this is the tip of the iceberg. Like this is not, this is not specific to Austin. This is a, this is a, a legitimate issue that has been going on that dates back Aaron to like how quickly Darwin gave up on D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves as a pairing in the backcourt, you know, rather than, rather than swap out Torian for somebody who gives those, that those two a little bit more perimeter defense, he instead benches Austin, who was a key factor in that Western Conference Finals run, and you know th that was that was I think to me from what I have learned over the last you know couple few months or whatever, that to me was like the starting point of wait what, where is this continuity thing? So and, and okay yeah that's fair. The, the continuity question is is fair. That is a that is that is a very fair question. I think the Torian thing is a red herring though, because it wasn't swap out Torian for whomever to add more defense who didn't exist at that time. Um, because the answer would have been Vando and he did not, well, he existed. He just did not exist as a healthy option. Either Rui, either Rui, like, yeah, but Rui's not going to guard anybody. Rui's not going to guard anybody either. The problem was, it was just like, so essentially the crux of the issue and this is something that, that Shams and, and Jovan get at, and this is something that I have been talking about all season long, is that the six guys who went on that run last year have been looking around at the situation and been like, okay, when are we going to do the continuity thing? W at what point are we actually going to do the thing that you told us was going to happen all media day? And, yes, and like, we, look, we can get like, into I, that. I, I, want, yeah, to, I want to be clear because yeah. like, it does sound somewhat entitled on their part, right? Like you do have to still go into the season and earn those minutes. Um, and, and you do have to go through training camp and earn those opportunities. But I also can understand from their standpoint, this is what we were told all off season and all preseason and, and all training camp and all that stuff to get ready for. And it has never happened. And for him to go and, and like last night, I thought it was like really, really stark the comparison and the contrast between Ham's messaging. We just got to get healthy. We just got to get healthy. We just got to get healthy. And Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves on the other end of things going like, we're healthy enough to beat the, the heat without Jimmy Butler. We're healthy enough to, to, to win more games yeah. than we are currently winning. <clears throat> There's a bunch here. Um, yes, I agree that that was that was odd, right? The, the disconnect in the messaging. I agree. They're like, I'm not going to try to defend that. I agree. Um, mm -hmm. What I will say though, and, and here's what I also will say is that I have been pretty clear and have said on record that I would start who I would start. Yeah. Um, 
I would start Austin, Rui, Vando, LeBron, AD. What I don't understand is why in searching for a combination, in searching for something, in searching for a baseline to build off of, I don't understand why last um why last season's lineup that that was pretty successful you know late in the season wasn't as successful as people remember and then into the playoffs um the starting lineup that we're going to say took the lakers from the 13th seed to the western conference finals whether that's true or not is a different matter but that was that was the like the baseline lineup of of D'Lo, Austin, Vando, LeBron, AD. What I don't understand is why that lineup hasn't been tried. Um, yeah. Well, like, on, all right, on, let's. let's so really I don't. Wait, so I don't understand why that. Hold on, <laughs> uh, so I don't understand why that lineup hasn't been tried. If you were searching for something that feels like a baseline, but I think the Austin thing. I think the Austin thing is a little unfair to Darwin for two reasons. One, Austin wasn't particularly good to start the year. And so, so sending Austin to the bench was not, so the, the problem was Darwin decided, whether he's right or wrong, he decided that D'Lo and Austin defensively just didn't work. And neither of them had a particularly good offensive start to the year either. Austin has been good, pretty good since. D'Lo's been up and down um, so if you decide that if Austin and D'Lo just doesn't work defensively, it's not about like subbing Torian out for that to make up for that because for whom Vando wasn't available well, and you can't put Rui in to make up for deficiencies on the perimeter defensively. Again, we can disagree about if that's the right choice and if the, if he's correct and, you know, and again, I'm saying this as saying like I don't understand why last season's lineup hasn't been tried. Now Delo's injured, fine, but you know, I had four or five games ago, six games ago. I don't understand why it wasn't tried. But I don't think I don't think it's fair to say if Austin and Delo as a combination doesn't work, why didn't you take Torian? Why not take Torian out um, for Rui? Because Yes, that would be five of the six guys that kind of were the thing last year when when was Vander was available. It was it was but the no, but what that, he but that... what he decided, but what Darwin decided was that that combination, D'Lo and Austin, defensively just it just doesn't work. And I think he's probably right. It just doesn't work. Like defensively, you can't guard on the perimeter well enough if those are your two guys. And so just throwing Rui into that mix for Torian. That's not solving that problem. So I think and in, in <clears throat> what I'm gonna do for Substack here in the next next opportunity I get, there's been a lot going on here lately. But um what I what I'm going to do at some point is like jot down the timeline for how all of this played out because I I, I do think it's worth like you said, Austin wasn't good at the start of the year, and that that had a lot to do with the FIBA thing. And I do kind of think that like, yeah, Austin started playing better when he started coming off of the bench and he was split up from, from D low. But we also saw that, that combination work fine last year. And so like, just kind of giving up no, on no, no, it. No, 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 but we didn't, we saw that combination work fine when Vando was there to take 
point of attack defensive well, responsibility away. And that, and that's what I'm saying is that like like so essentially, Ham uh, Austin goes to the bench and he starts playing better when he was coming off of the bench and he's not there next to D'Angelo Russell. And the team started to feel like fine kind of a footing there. And it kind of made some sense there. Um, and then, you know, I think very notably, you started to get the beginnings of the Zach Levine rumors. And D'Angelo Russell started quiet quitting. And, um, you know, when that started happening and your secondary ball handler there isn't working out, I thought, and I the people that I've, spoken to close to that situation thought okay well it, it isn't necessarily working with Delo with those starters austin is still austin freaking reeves he's still the guy that helped get us where we got last year just swap them and 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 see what that looks like and and when that didn't happen and that's what shams and and yovan are also writing um in their piece when that didn't happen that was another kind of head scratching moment there and, you know, for whatever reason, Darwin has been reluctant to entrust the guys that they got that, that like helped turn around the season last year. And that is, again, like where where this disconnect has begun and festered and worsened over the course of the season. And, you know, again, the specifics of it at all, you know, the details are are, are, are worth kind of lapping over i guess but but for me i the fact that this gets out there and this is kind of, I, I i wanted to start the conversation the, the, the our conversation with what feels like the lack of conversation internally that would lead to this getting out externally and you know the one thing that we thought darvin had going for him his one strong suit or his main strong suit coming into this season was his interpersonal skills, his ability to maintain buy-in. But the fact that he has lost the locker room, it feels like this early in the season, we aren't even halfway through. Um, and you have this amount of leaking going on in part, I feel like in large part, because these guys don't feel like they are heard in the conversations about the directions of these teams as the Lakers have been mostly rudderless. Um, the the season in terms of ideologies and identity, like that to me is is the most damning thing. Like his rotation, his coaching decisions, his timeouts, his challenging, and all that stuff. That's almost neither here nor there. If he isn't good at the thing that he is supposed to be great at, the thing that he is like his strongest suit, then I don't really know what he brings to the table anymore. Is there a question there? No, like, 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 like the, the, the fact that like, like this coming out, like, don't you, don't you think that like this coming out the way that it is, you know, um, after a game like that, where there's a clear disconnect between messaging from ham and from the players, like, doesn't this, it, it doesn't feel to you, Aaron, like this is a, this is a lapse in, in communication that finally blew up and became public. Because that's how that's how this is all striking me. I mean, there's no way to paint yesterday's game or what happened after, you know, the post game stuff, and then um, the reporting from Shams and, and Yovan, the Athletic reporting today. I mean, there's no way to paint it as good. So, yeah, I would say that. 
I, I don't know that it's necessarily a lack of communication. It could be that these things have been communicated and the people, if the sources are to be believed, the, the, the sources that came out still had something they wanted to say. It, it could possibly have been communicated and people didn't like the answer that was communicated. I mean, that's, that's a possible thing too. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a lapse in communication, but there are clearly, I mean, again, if the reporting is to be believed that there are clearly people that are not thrilled about what's happening right now. Um, I think Austin like makes a good point though. Austin in that post game said, you know, it's Vibes not that we shitty. don't, it's not that we don't like each other, right? The vibes are shitty, but it's not that we, he, he like specifically went to clarify it. It's, it's not that we don't like each other and don't get along. It's like we're losing and losing sucks and the vibes are going to be bad when losing sucks. Um, look, I, I, I don't, I don't think that like, I don't think that Darwin's been great this year. I, I don't agree with the, like we need to, so he was asked about the, the, um, he was asked about, you know, the, like the continuity thing, basically what you've been talking about and what you asked <clears throat> a few minutes ago and you've been talking about now for a couple weeks. And he said like, we can't have any continuity um, and we can't really figure out what this is going to look like and settle on anything until everybody is healthy. That I don't think is a good answer. Like plainly, I just don't think that's a good enough answer because nobody's healthy all the time. Um, and the Lakers have just, been pretty, the, the Lakers have been, color. I mean, look, the Lakers have had rotation guys out, <clears throat> you know, a bunch here and there. And, you know, Gabe has barely played this year. Vando's been out a bunch. Rui's been out a bunch. But like before the last two games, your four best players are probably LeBron and AD who have basically missed no time and have played at elite levels. And Austin, who has been up and down, started struggling, but has been pretty good since, hasn't missed any time. And D'Lo was healthy until a couple games ago. So, yeah, I don't think if you have going into the year, if you have who you think are your four best players have been very healthy, like I don't think that's a good enough answer for we can't like get it together. We can't, it's not that we can't get it together. Like there's not going to be any continuity or it's going to be tough to settle on anything because it's looking for something that I don't believe. And I don't think anybody reasonably should believe is going to be there. Right. Like who's healthy in the NBA? Nobody. Right. Like who has Sacramento Sacramento last year? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> like, right. And I'm then I guess this year, right Sacramento has been pretty healthy this year again, somehow. Uh, and OKC has been pretty healthy too. But like that's not a thing that exists, especially when Aaron you Gordon are... just got attacked by a Rottweiler. Yeah, right. Um, like that just doesn't exist, especially when you know, like the Lakers aren't old in total, but AD has had you know some issues staying on the floor. Not recently, he's been, and even last year, like I think he's, I think I saw he's played in like seventy-eight of the Lakers' last eighty-two games or something like something like that. But, um. You know, when LeBron is plainly old, he has he is still defeating Father Time, but he is so. I don't and and you know, D'Lo was out a bunch last year. Like, I don't think it's a reasonable expectation to think that this Lakers team is going to be any healthier than they are right now. 
so I didn't like Darwin's answer to that question, but I don't specifically think it's a breakdown of communication. I think it can be that some people just didn't love what was communicated and wanted to say something. I think that is another possibility. Yeah, I've, I've heard that there was some head scratching when when Darwin's quotes came out because it felt like excuse making excuse making after you just lost to a team that didn't have Jimmy Butler and to like and to the point that, to your like, point, AD and and Austin said we have enough. And by the way, yeah. the Lakers do have enough to win. They the do. Lakers the Lakers have enough good players to win. Torian's been fine this year. Torian's been pretty good. I was going to ask, like, so you said that the Lakers have had their top four players. Where do you think Ham ranks Tory in there? Do you, do you think he has him first? You... I have to look at my phones. Things of things are happening. It's a lot of ins, a lot of outs, and a lot of what have yous. I think that's the, is that the line from the Big Lebowski? A lot of ins, a lot of outs, and a lot of what have yous. So I want to, um, I want to, I couldn't hear, I couldn't hear you. I was, I was, I was doing very important things on my phones. Uh, all right. So this is what Shams and, and, and Yovan wrote for the athletic, the two kind of graphs that caught my attention, uh, quote, there's currently a deepening disconnect between Darvin Ham and the Lakers locker room. Six sources with direct knowledge of the situation say raising questions about the head coaching standing. Uh, the people spoke with the athletic on condition of uh, anonymity so that they could speak freely on the matter. The sources have described the disjointedness between the coach and the team um, has stemmed from the extreme rotation and starting lineup adjustments recently from ham leading to a fluctuating rhythm for several players across the roster. And then the other one that, that caught my attention is a little further down the Lakers again, quote um, the Lakers championship uh, championed, their continuity all summer, including bringing back their top five scores from the Western Conference Finals, James, Davis, Reeves, Russell, and Hachimura in that order. Um, but more than a third of the way into the season, three of those uh, players and the team's third, fourth, and fifth highest paid players in Russell, Hachimura, and Reeves, respectively, at that, were coming off of the bench. Reeves has been coming off of the bench most of the season, despite being touted by Ham as a future all-star over the summer and ranking third on the team in scoring. Russell's role has shrunk since Las Vegas and Hachimura's playing time vacillates on a nightly basis. Um, that, that, that again, you know, it, it just, it, it speaks almost exactly to the issues that I've kind of made known over the course of the last couple of months. And that uh, if, if you're going to basically say that like the theme to a season is this thing. In this case, it's continuity. If you are going to basically promise a certain thing, not just like internally, but publicly, if the thing that you are going to say, like the reason that this team is going to be better than last year, because it needed to be better than last year, right? Like this team got swept in the Western Conference Finals. And so the reason that this team was supposed to, like we were promised that this team was supposed to be better was because these guys were going to get more reps together and that these guys were going to grow both um, individually and collectively. And that that would be, you know, and when you add to it the additions of Gabe Vincent and Torian Prince. How about this? How about, how about this? I think the I think that, yes, of course you want to improve, right? The, the Lakers got swept in the Western Conference Finals last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. And 
were a two and 10 team and had to fight all the way back. I think that the roster this year is better. So yeah, I mean, you have to well, be better. Like, okay. I guess you want to be better. Of course. Roster, I do the think roster the roster is, is better. I, I think so too. I like, I I've disagreed. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter today saying that like the roster is, is bad. And therefore like, we can't really hold all who's of the, the big, who's the big loss from, I don't, who, I don't who is the big that. loss from last year. Dennis. Well, I guess? like, um, I mean the, the, the most notable would be losing Dennis Schroeder Dennis. and then not getting anything because Gabe hasn't played this year, but like, um, you know, even, even like not counting the injuries and stuff like that. I agree with you. I thought that this roster made a bunch of sense coming in. The I still think the roster makes a bunch of sense. Me too. But the problem is that the, like the way that the roster is being, being utilized is going to hold it back. And I think that's why you're seeing this stuff come out in the way that it is. And, you know, I, 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 again, I just keep going back to how was there. I understand going through the experience of last year and coming out of it saying like, okay, we clearly need to be quite a bit better to get past Denver, but you did win two playoff series with, with a certain set of guys and with a Mm -hmm. certain core of guys, Mm -hmm. you did make that insane run in the second half of the season to even get into that position in the first place. Right. Where Mm -hmm. every, every night had, you know, legitimate stakes attached to it or every game that the Lakers were playing down the stretch of that season had, had stakes attached to it. And, you know, when you go through all of those trials and tribulations, I don't know if you heard the, um, the, the, the clip or you watched the clip that I, I tweeted with uh, Harrison and me from earlier this week um, about that easy company or whatever, but like that, the, this core six guys, like they went through it last year. It took a lot of work to even get into the play-in, get through the play-in games, and then get into the playoffs and win those playoff series. And then, you know, obviously you suffer the disappointment at the end of it all, and and the season doesn't end in the way that you wanted. But, like, that core of guys went through it all. And then to come into here, and, and yeah, I understand. Vando was hurt all training camp, basically, and all preseason and that's going to hurt the, the your ability to build on the continuity. Austin was clearly fatigued at the beginning of the year, wasn't the best version of himself, and that's going to, you know, hurt the amount that like a coaching staff can stick with that, you know, that continuity concept concept. At that time, Cam Reddish was playing above his head and was a lot more focused on the things that make him a more impactful player. Torian Prince was the only wing who was healthy for for some stretches there. So I understand why the coaching staff circumstantially would look at those guys and say like, all right, you, you know, we need to rely on you here and you have, you know, earned yourself some goodwill here moving forward. But I think those other six guys from last year are looking at all of this and they're saying, well, where's the goodwill that we earned last year? How is it that like it it, it took, you know, just those circumstances that were kind of like, Lukey, right? Vanderbilt's heel bursitis and and Austin being tired from playing in FIBA play. Those are fluky circumstances that led to those guys being lesser versions of themselves. And now all of a sudden, that identity, those core principles, that run all gets scrapped. And I can totally see why these guys are kind of looking at it for the entirety, basically, of the season and going like, what? We're, we didn't earn anything? 
the, the, we didn't we, we don't get to see any time together and last night you finally get to right last night we i think we did finally get like 30 seconds or so of austin vando was it um no rui no, no. Bon and AD? no rui's no. rui's, so rui's rui out, out and delo's out so no no we were we were going to get it was austin uh, and if if Max would have subbed in for Prince instead of Austin, uh, you could have had Austin, Max, Vando, LeBron, and AD, and that would have been like the first time we would. <laughs> one of I know, the first but Max didn't play. Last, I mean, Max wasn't doing anything last year. Max didn't play last year. I know, but I'm just, I'm just saying that, like you know, I, I again, I come back to those guys want to see as many minutes of them com- combined on the court together as possible. And given the amount that 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 Ham has been leaning on Torian Prince, and given the amount that he has been leaning on Cam Reddish, though I think that's diminished lately, um, like that's why that is. I'm here to tell you for oh. those of you who are watching, like that is where all of this has stemmed from. And and you know when you arrive here, and when those guys, I I believe, have voiced their opinions internally, and they haven't felt heard you know, there, that, that stuff is going to come out and that's where we find ourselves now. And I, I, I and that, that, that kind of gets us to like the, the last question here on the right side of the screen of what next, where did, where do the Lakers even go next? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, like, can, well, can him resuscitate this? I mean, yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, but I think that this is a very important stretch. And the reason is the Lakers have, I want to say it's, I think it's 10 home games. I believe it's 10 home games in January and might be more than that, but I think it's 10 home games in January and five road games in January. But, the road games or maybe it's four road games in January, but the road games are, I know it is five. It's five road games, but the road games are like the Clippers, Utah, the Warriors at the beginning. So it's like literally one night away out of the state of California. Mm -hmm. And then I think the 29th and 30th or the 30th and 31st is somebody in Atlanta, right? There's like two, there's a back-to-back to end the month on the road. Somebody in Atlanta, I don't remember who it is. And it is not a... I mean, there are some not great teams, but it's not like a murderer's row schedule. Yeah. And so, start and starting last night, like Miami, Miami beat the Warriors without Jimmy Butler and, you know, a bunch of their other guys. And, and without Jimmy Butler and without Kyle Lowry and without Martin, et cetera, and without Josh Robertson, et cetera. Or Josh Richardson, excuse me, et cetera. So, but last night, like Miami's, I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in the business. So, and Miami is always going to put like a legitimate effort forward. And like, they're always going to be cohesive and all of these things, right? They're Miami's never going to be fun to play, but they're missing their guy. Like they're missing Jimmy Butler. And so that's a very winnable game. Um, and so, and going forward, there's there's a, a lot of winnable games. I mean, Memphis is pretty good now with with Jaw back, but they lost last night. 
Um, Toronto sucks. The Clippers are good, have been good. But, you know, Toronto, there's like, there are winnable games on this stretch. And so I think the answer to what next is, I think it's pretty crucial this month to see if the Lakers can finally settle on something, on a, on an identity, on rotations, because it's a bunch of time at home. Look, excuses and reasons are excuses and reasons, but December sucked for the Lakers. It was gone the whole time, basically. It was, it was basically just away the whole time, including in Vegas, um, the 7th and the 9th for those two games. And the Lakers were just on the road the entire month, basically. Do those things matter? Yes. Are those excuses? Sure, maybe. And if you are given excuses, it's human nature. If you are given excuses, humans will take excuses. But those run out because the Lakers have a very, very favorable schedule in January. Um, home, basically the whole month. And you know, there's some good games in there, but there are a lot of winnable basketball games. The Lakers should have won last night. They should have beaten Miami last night. So the answer to what's next for me is, can the Lakers settle on something, an identity, rotations, starters, et cetera? Because the Lakers are pretty healthy. D'Lo should be back soon. Rui, we'll see. But the Lakers are really healthy, like in the macro sense, as far as it, in terms of NBA, like in the NBA landscape, the Lakers are pretty healthy and have this favorable stretch. So can the Lakers settle on an identity, starters, rotation, etc., so that the Lakers can find out when the trade deadline comes, February 8th, what has to happen? What can be, is it a little tweak that's needed? Is it, you know, like sweeping changes that are needed to give Rob and his team some idea of how to move forward? I think January is like crucial. The Lakers are like tied, basically tied with the Warriors for 10th and 11th. So it, it like, if not now, then when, and if not now, then maybe never. So I do think the answer to your question of what next is the next couple of weeks have to be something so that there can be a plan at the trade deadline. Doesn't it feel like a bit of a waste to go almost 40 games and not have any of that really figured out? Especially when you I mean, had the sure. answers coming into this season. Yeah, I mean, look, I've told you what I would do. I don't like I, I've told you I would I've told you who I would start, and I've told you I don't understand not giving the lineup that was successful last year a try. So sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, it yes. But like all right, so I Does still maintain like, how about this. Let me no, hold on, let me be more specific. Does it feel like a waste? I don't know because I don't I don't know the reasoning behind it. I suspect there probably is some, but I don't know what that reasoning is. So is it a waste? Not necessarily. I just don't know what the reasoning for those choices is or are. Nobody seems to. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair. No, I agree. That's fair. That's a fair, like on the outside, that's a fair thing to say. You're right. But because we don't know what we don't know what that reasoning is doesn't mean that there isn't some um i have to ask a question and i i'm i basically I, know am I, is this where i'm gonna have to like leave and you can you filibuster might, you about might, you know about, about orca facts but um i have to ask a question 
mm-hmm. because new information keeps coming in or whatever. I have made maintained... wait, wait, hold on, wait. What do you mean? Like you got new information now that I haven't seen yet? No, no, no. I'm, I'm oh. talking about like the stuff that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, basically, all season, I have I have operated under the assumption that there is just no way Darvin Ham gets fired. It's it's it like from heading into the season, and for the vast majority uh, uh, of the season, I have operated understanding that Darvin Ham is not going to get fired. What I will say, though, from what I have been able to gather, is that this is a big month for him, and that uh, I don't think I, I I still think it would be a pretty substantial upset if if darvin gets fired or whatever but this is the most kind of unease i have felt as it pertains to job to, to the job that darvin holds and the job that he has continued to do is there any circumstance here where darvin gets fired is there any circumstance i mean yeah i guess i mean like yeah i mean that's that's pretty broad but I do not expect so, but is there any circumstance? Yes, sure. There's, I mean, like, look, if I would ask you that, if I would ask you that like a couple weeks ago, you would have said no, 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 no. If you asked it that way, I would have gave the same answer. Is there any realistic circumstance that he gets fired when mid season this season? I, 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 you know what? I'll use your phrasing. It would be a huge upset. I, no, probably not. Is it possible? I guess so, but no. Um, but but to be fair, like another another component of this is this is not a normal scenario. And by the way, I'm not like blaming. I'm not I'm not placing blame on this. But like in history, teams with LeBron, you know, cycle through coaches. So. I'm not saying that's good, bad, or otherwise, but like that, the, the, and by the way, the fact that LeBron is playing like he's playing and the fact that LeBron is in year a uh, uh, thousand and twenty one, like I, I understand the urgency. So I'm not going to say there's no chance like, but no, no, I don't think he's, I mean, certainly today has not been, <laughs> Today has not been a great day for Darv, Darvin, but you know we just start calling the athletics. <laughs> Today has not been a great day for Darvin with the uh, with the reporting that has come out. But no, I still think we're a long way from from that. A couple, that's how, a couple that's how, things that I still think it's a we are a long way from that being a thing. A couple breadcrumbs that I do think are worth pointing out to people because this, this is kind of where I start my reporting in. It's like, you know, a couple breadcrumbs here and there. But mm-hmm. the other day I yeah. saw on ESPN over here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN the other day saying that essentially Darvin Ham needs to step up his game. I think that's his actual, it's his actual wording when it comes to rotations, when it comes to sets, when it comes to whatever, Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN saying that Darvin needs to step his game up. Perkins is very, very, very closely tied to LeBron and LeBron's camp. Um, <clears throat> so when I saw that, and when I saw it in that clearer term, 
that made me kind of go, huh, that's kind of interesting. And I kind of stored that in the back of my head. And then last night you get the you get the quotes where the players are saying and feeling one way about their competitiveness despite the injuries and all that stuff. And uh, Darwin saying kind of the opposite. That was another kind of disconnect thing that, that was was noteworthy to me. And LeBron sitting it all out in its entirety. You know, LeBron just like not, you know, not answering questions after last night's game was obviously very notable. And yeah, I, when I, this is why, um, and again, I still think it would be, it would be pretty surprised. I would be pretty surprised if Darwin gets fired anytime soon, but, and this is maybe where you might want to take a nice hearty swig here. I think it makes sense. I, I think it makes sense to let him go. I mean, all right. I'm not going to respond to that specifically. No, I don't. I don't expect. I mean, I think I have to. I think I. I, I, think I, I think I'm, I'm making some. Show. I'm making. Like, a, I'm making some chicken stock that I gotta. I gotta go turn down. Make sure it's not over. It's not <laughs> boiling over. Yeah. Um, you know, what I started doing. I started adding some. Um, I, I I've started a- adding uh beef stock to ramen. Mm-hmm. Like in, in you know, on top of like the seasoning and all that stuff in my own seasonings, but mm-hmm. just the cut, you know, a, a, like a, I would say a, a nice little splash of rom of of uh, uh, stock, stock? ramen makes a big difference. Next time, uh, next time we do like a different experience. Next time we like, do a um, former silver screen and roll slash Lakers Twitter night in LA. Next time you're in LA, I, I will make I'll make ramen. I make homemade ramen. It's mm-hmm. pretty damn good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a very like coaching change in midseason is a very very complicated thing, and there's a lot more that goes into it than people see on the surface or people think on the surface. So again, I think we're a long way away from that even being considered. But I don't think it's coincidental that Shams and Jovan's reporting came out today after the game last night. And then, you know, I've, I've said, right. Like I I've agreed with you that I didn't love the disconnect on the messaging between Darwin and AD and, uh, and Austin in, in their press conferences. And again, I'm on record here. I said it a few minutes ago. I'm on record. I disagree with Darwin in Darwin's stance about, being unable to really settle on anything due to guys missing time. Um, I think that in, in the aggregate, I think the Lakers health, let's say the distribution of minutes, I think the uh, health as a distribution of minutes has been better than we could have expected going into the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the last note that I'll I'll make here before we get you out of here is that the, I guess the one positive to, to all of this is that it's now out there. Like if there was any, if there was any question, if there was any, you know, there was any lack of clarity about how guys have felt about the season or whatever, it is now out there. And, um, I have been hearing it all season to this point, this kind of frustration and now it is out there from, you know, one of the biggest I, I, you know, platforms covering the team. 
Um, it is a very different thing when they report this with months of reporting and I report something, you know, on my, on my tiny little sub stack, this is now out there and it, and it kind of forces, you know, what I really hope doesn't happen here is that the Lakers look internally and get angry at the leaks rather than the information. I really hope that the Lakers use this as an opportunity and Darwin specifically uses this as an opportunity to be like, okay. Where did I fall short here? How was it like how how is it that so many six different people were willing to come out here and and have this leak to the public on on how they feel about the job I have done to this point? How did that happen? And you know, if he takes that and learns from it and and the guys all kind of figure this out and 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 have this now out there in a way that they have to address it then I think that's how you make progress. But if this goes ignored and and guys get angry or, or, or people in power here get annoyed at the fact that this leaked, then nothing gets learned from it. And then that's how that's how you arrive at Darwin eventually getting fired. So two, you know, two I, things. One – oh, wait. No, go ahead. Finish. Sorry. Sorry for interrupting you. Go finish. No, I, I, I that was it. Like, okay. It was just, so like, two things. One, you don't like when I say this. Um, because obviously you're focused on the Lakers and our listeners are focused on the Lakers. But I think this is more common in the NBA than people think. Oh, it totally is. Um, So like, this is not, this happens all the time, every team, every season, right? We're like, Spo is the best. I, I think you agree with me that I think Spo is the best coach in the NBA. And was it last year or two years ago? Like he, during a timeout was about to fight Jimmy Butler. (laughs) And yeah. like Udonis has them right and he's the best and they you know had this miraculous run themselves last year and have several years uh previously so like some some disconnect in the locker room is pretty standard mm-hmm. um so that's one thing like it feels to look and I have to deal with this every day right like this is I've I don't want to tell you how many phone calls and texts and stuff I've gotten this morning about and emails I've gotten this morning about this and, you know, questions and resolutions and thoughts and everything. Um, but this is the NBA. Like, this is pretty standard. To your other point about the difference between being upset at the leaks themselves I don't, maybe it's not leaks. Like, I don't know if this is this because this is clear. I don't like if six people will say, I don't know if that's really a leak, right? Like, I don't, (laughs) this is not some like trade thought or something that gets out that, like, yeah. So, but I think that's so the, the leak versus being upset at the leak or be, let's call it this being upset that people said this or being upset that the content of the message, right? Um, you're worried about that. I don't think you can be upset at the leak, quote unquote, as opposed to the content when it is like they were very specific. They were very specific in in their reporting about it being six people, not because usually the answer would be multiple, right? Usually they would say a source with, you know, connected to or close to the situation or multiple. They were very Mm -hmm. specific about it being six, which is for this sort of thing pretty large number mm-hmm. so i don't think that darvin can or the powers that be i don't think they can be 
upset about the leaking itself. I think they have to focus on Darwin specifically has again, whether it's right or wrong, like the content of the message has to be the thing that's focused on. I don't think you can just be, how did this get out? Right. Like, you know, like uh, Draymond with the video, right. When he punched pool in practice, like we have to do an investigation about how this got out. I mean, okay. But you could also not punch a guy and then like, right. You can then you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about the video. Then you don't have to worry about a video. So when it's six people that have said this, I think that that kind of drives home the point that the content is what is important here for the, the deep dive and the investigation, not who it was or how it got out. Yeah. I, that, that is essentially like the one, you know, kind of shining light that I've, or one silver lining that I've, I've found today. <laughs> you is, start is, singing the, right. the final four song. What is it like one shining moment? <laughs> Yeah. you're here to get yeah. you're gonna get uh r.i.p you're gonna get us to do do your luther for us yeah get a luther band i uh but yeah i i, I think i i think this can potentially be productive if the interested parties take from this what you need to right this this feels like a, an opportunity to, to, you know, kind of come to Jesus a little bit and say like, all right, it's time to, it's time to like stop messing around and actually listen at least to these people who, again, I would remind everybody <laughs> like helped earn Darvin Ham the four year extension that he's currently on. You know, there are, there are people and there are people in the chat that want me to take over as coach. I assure you it would not go better. <laughs> I can I can promise you that would not be an upgrade. <laughs> I guess I would have to stop drinking Hennessy at games. <laughs> but I can assure you it would not be an upgrade. It's gonna be like that, like you know, how, like Mike Brown had that cup that he would spit into, right? Wait, did he? No, I don't know this. Mike Brown? Yeah, Mike Brown used to have like a like he he used to have. Yeah, would he had dip in cup. during the game? No, 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 like not like dip, dip, like he. He had to spit. He had some kind of a metal th medical thing going on that he would have to spit into this Gatorade cup. Okay. I and, did not know this. Does he still do it? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched him closely. Um, okay. But yours, <laughs> you'd have a medical thing where you have to like take a sip from that medical, from that Gatorade thing. <laughs> from the medicinal reason, Hennessy. You, like, you, <laughs> you keep picking up teas like late in the fourth quarter after your you have to get sent, sent to the locker room. <laughs> Y'all got it. <laughs> Y'all got it from here. <laughs> Y'all got it. Go ahead. The run our the run our test coaching approach. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lounge. Thank you, uh, everybody, for tuning in. This is a big show. Thank you a ton for that. Thank you, Aaron, for hopping on and being a good sport. And I do want to say, like, thank you to everybody who has been kind of propping me up all day as uh, the stuff that I've been reporting has now made its way into kind of more mainstream channels. So I appreciate those who have uh, taken time out of their day to point that out as well. Um, until, let's see, the Lakers don't play again till tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Memphis tomorrow. It is the Clippers on Sunday, the Raptors on Tuesday. Yeah. And then I don't know who Thursday is, but there's another game Thursday. The so because oh, Phoenix, Phoenix comes Phoenix comes back to town for like the 94th time that the Lakers yeah. and Phoenix have played this year on uh, on Thursday, the 11th. 
because I wasn't able to go in last night's All Access Lakers, hopefully I'll be feeling a little bit better and I'll be able to, to give it a go on tomorrow's show to make up for that. So until then, and until the next time you guys hear from me, which is going to be then, as well as a happy hour episode tomorrow, I'm Anthony Irwin, that was Aaron Larsoul, and this has been the Lakers Lounge.